love watching the kids grab, get the grapes. And when they're big enough, they get to have the cup too. They get to double dip. It's really neat. Do you know what? The kids don't always hear what you say. Every parent knows that. Right? Yes? Yes. But they observe. They observe your attitude. They observe your words, your tone, all that stuff. I'm still learning that. They learn from how you behave. They watch your modeling. That's why they're in the service for this. To participate with us and watch us love God back because he first loved us. So let's together thank God for the new covenant. Let's drink together. Heavenly Father, your grace has been poured out onto the earth. Just like the, the dream in the Old Testament in Daniel, that rock hit that bottom of the statue, shattered the toes. That rock was Jesus. And the rock grew and covered the whole earth. That is good news. We have hope even with all the bad news we hear about. I choose you, Lord. I choose your vision. Thank you for this time. Amen. Children, you are dismissed. Head on out to Sinai School or nursery, wherever you're going. Perfect. Oops. All right, let's pray before we begin. Heavenly Father, be our teacher, be our guide, be our wisdom, be our interpreter, be the one who makes sense of the things we hear and learn, be our corrector, our updater. <laughs> And remind us that you hold us in your hand, that you hold us together, that you're not absent from our pain, you're not absent from us at all, and we can trust you, even when darkness comes. Thank you, Father. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about being rooted in Christ, and I'd like to take you through what brought me to this with a chain of events or thoughts that brought about what I'm going to talk about, and maybe none of it will hit you. You go, well, that was nice. <laughs> That's fine. But there's, something, there's some cool things I really, really hope you catch. Because the last couple of weeks we've been talking about abiding. And uh, as I knew it was Thanksgiving, this verse is a beautiful, beautiful Thanksgiving verse to remind us of how we are to act. Some people think that under grace, we don't, we don't have to be told how to act anymore. We're free, yay, and you are free. Some people say, well, then I'm free to sin. Yes, you are free to sin, but you're also really free to not, which looks better on you anyway, because the life of Christ does not lead us to ungodliness. It leads us to grace, love, compassion, and fruit of the Spirit that we talked about last week, which is really cool. I love that always be joyful. Well, that's really hard. 
It does not say always be happy. Happy is directly connected to our happenings, to our circumstances. But joy is an internal state. It's a, it's a, a, a peace, an internal peace that reminds us of who is in charge. Who is holding all things together? Always be joyful. Never stop praying. I think we need to revisit this whole praying thing. What is it? Because if we constantly have our heads bowed and eyes closed, we're going to have a lot of accidents as we drive. Always pray. There are more ways to pray than just that. In fact, prayer is from spirit to spirit. It happens in, in you. And sometimes it comes out verbally. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in some circumstances. No, it says all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Do you belong to Jesus Christ? His will is that you be thankful. Do you know what does not happen when these are implemented? When you apply this to your life. Do you know what does not happen? Give me an idea. Okay, you're allowed to talk. And What do you think does not happen when these things are happening? Grumbling. Grumbling, Complaining. Crabbing. Negativity being the constant norm. That does not mean you won't complain. What it means is your constant demeanor will not be complaining. You're known as the complaining person. Never a positive thing. That's, that's, it's, it's the pattern of your life that will change. You're going to grumble here and there, and the more this is applied, the more peace and joy will begin to flow out of your life, even when the stuff starts to hit the fan around you. You will still find joy in that. It may be tough, but recall to always be thankful in all circumstances. I don't believe it means be thankful for the circumstance. Okay, that's weird. My mom did some of that. and Oh, praise the Lord, I had a car accident. Oh, praise the Lord, I've got to be thankful. Are you nuts? You know, like, it's just, it was un- the point was it was not real. It was not an authentic response. She was playing a religious response. Because some book said you've got to play happy. Plastic smile. You know, be real, be transparent, but it begins with knowing who you really are. So this got me thinking, thankfulness, where, where, where does that then come from? Where does thankfulness come from? The fact that we are already abiding. The fact, not hope, the fact, you are abiding. Okay, we covered that in the last two weeks. The fact we have no fear but only hope. And if you forget you have hope and are in fear, that's not your true identity. That's a moment of darkness that is not, well, you're, you're forgetting. That's what's going on. Hence, being reminded. The fact we are absolutely loved, that's where thankfulness comes from. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You love me. You lo- he loves you. They love you. We're all loved. That thanks comes from that. This is what meditation is all about. Proper meditation, biblical meditation. Meditation is a great thing. Don't, don't think of the emptying of the mind meditation as the right one. 
That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about focusing your thoughts on the things that are pure, good, holy, righteous, and so on. That is godly meditation. It's beautiful. Lastly, the fact we are rooted in Christ is where the, the, the actual thankfulness comes from. That's where the, the tree or the plant gets its nourishment. It's from the roots. Does that make sense? We just finished talking about the vine, mystery of abiding, being attached to the vine, that the, 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 we're attached to the actual vine where all the nourishment comes from. We, we bear fruit just by hanging there. That's it. We're, that's all we're doing. We're uh, attached and bearing fruit. Just not because of our doing, not even because of self-mustered faith, as in mustering it up, that's, that's impossible. You can't do that. Our faith is a gift from God. All faith that we have has been given as a gift. We covered that one when we talked about Galatians 2.20, the faith of Christ. We live by the faith of Christ. Well, that led me to this one. Thanksgiving, isn't that wonderful? It's Thanksgiving now. And around Thanksgiving, around here, our leaves are changing colors. Isn't that nice? And, and then you have to, you know, leaf blow and rake and bag and all that stuff that has to be done. I just blow it over to the neighbor. No big deal. It's easy. So Thanksgiving, you know, and that got me thinking of the trees and how beautiful they are. And then as we just talked about the vines, I thought, wait a minute, roots. Okay, there's, there's something going on here. Colossians 3, from the message. This is, please hear these words carefully. I'm going to read, you from, uh, read to you from two different translations. This is a fantastic one. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this, is, none of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Love that cultivate thankfulness. That's an actual effort. Did you know that? Yes, there's effort and doing under grace. In fact, there's a ton of doing, but if you recognize your source, that you're attached to the vine, the roots, you're rooted in Christ, all the fruit of that will be Christ. You're going to do. This business of swinging from legalistic heavy doing and then going to the opposite of, I'm never doing anything anymore. You stop all of some really good things, but then the Holy Spirit brings you back to the middle saying, hey, I've got a great plan. I, want, I have things I've got to do through you. I want to do through you. And you're going to love participating in it because my joy will be in you. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Oops, Simon, give me back. Have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. How many people love to be told what to do? Hardly anybody. Probably not. In fact, I... uh, Yeah, never mind. Forget that illustration. (laughs) Nobody wants to be told what to do. But we are. If we are understanding the heart of Christ through what Paul is writing, this submission to one another, we need to welcome it and be teachable for the instruction that comes our way. Because sometimes we have trouble. We're, we're caught in, in hang-ups or in addictions or in patterns that are unbecoming of a believer. 
This is where instruction becomes helpful. The to-do list, especially to get you out of a tough bind. Stop doing this, start doing this, this, this for a time to change the pattern of discipline. There's wisdom in that. Don't take it as legalistic. Oh, you're just giving rules. If you're seeing that, you're not hearing the heart of grace. Can you see the difference? Please, please see it. Holy Spirit, show them. And then sing. Sing your hearts out to God in the shower when nobody's listening. In the car with the windows up. No, I'm kidding. Let every detail of your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. There is a pattern underlying current of thanks all the way through. Let every word, action, whatever be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step. Sing your hearts out to God. That is why we sing Sunday mornings. That's why we have music to encourage us, to remind our brains. It's, it's powerful. Music is power, a lot of power. The lyrics do too. So let's read this from, oh no, this brings me, okay, this, this whole idea of being rooted. This is where Colossians 3 is where the being rooted in Christ comes from. These trees here, the sequoia and a redwood tree, I want to talk about these trees because this, there's two kinds of trees I want to talk about today. I've been thinking about this for a long time. I've had it in my calendar, kept moving it to the next week, to the next week, to the next month. Finally, I get to talk about it. But these are really big, big trees, okay? These are redwoods. These are sequoias. Uh, sequoia, they're, they're just huge. They're mostly in California. You know, in BC, you'll see them there. Uh, when I traveled to Victoria, I saw them on the island there. That was, they're huge, and they're, they're mammoth-wide. But that's just how big they are. And I read, did some reading and finding out how, how do they get so tall? It has something to do, and I don't understand the science of it, but it has something to do with a pool that goes up and takes all the nourishment all the way to the top. And once it's lost its strength to get to the tip, that's, that, that, that's how tall it gets. It, it, the strength of the tree determines how high or how tall it goes uh, for its nourishment from all the whatever it gets. It's, it's, it's a really cool science. Go look at it. I only skimmed it, and I was like, what? Okay, that's not going to be my focus, but that was pretty cool. Here's my focus. This is how these trees work. It's very different. Sometimes we think trees need to go down super, super, super deep to get their nourishment, and some do. Not the biggest trees. These actually only go down six, seven feet. That's it for these monster mammoth trees. And here's the, so looking down, you'll see that's what the tree looks like. But the root system can go up to 100 feet off to the side. And most of these trees are clumped closer together. Do you know what that means? They intertwine with each other. They're mingled drawing strength. So when the storms come or floods come, whatever it is, depending where they are, they're able to withstand an awful lot more because if there's a windstorm, these suckers should be coming out first. But they're not. I see some other trees that uh, they have a, a not as wide a base and they're blown over easy. Have you seen those in, in our windstorms? Suddenly you see a tree topple, the whole root system comes up. You seen those? They're not very wide, not very deep. It's amazing they made it. These are the roots we're talking about. How, this is an example 
of how our roots can go down, not only down, but wide into each other. Because you're rooted in Christ. My connection to you being part of the body of Christ, I'm connected to you. There is power in being connected to other people. There is. There's an encouragement. There's fellowship. There's nourishment from that. We're encouraged by that. We're, that's why Paul says, don't give up eating together. It's for your good. You're good. He didn't say, you must go to church. He did not say that. He said, don't give up meeting together. We happen to meet as a church. But some people think going to church is meeting. No. How you connect is your fellowshipping. And sometimes it'll happen afterwards over coffee, lunch, small group, whatever you do, uh, doing a job somewhere, a co-worker with somebody, who knows? But I thought this is really cool. They intermingle and they go really, really wide. Does that, can you get the picture? Here's another tree that I didn't know about until I saw Steve McVeigh show it to me in Florida. This is called a banyan tree. These are all through Florida. They're also in, in, the, in, in the east, India. Um, these have roots that hang. They actually draw nourishment and moisture from the air. It's bizarre. I've, I've not seen that. Yes, they have roots in the ground too. But they also have roots in the air drawing from the moisture in the air and nourish it. It's powerful. Now, I found out that what's happened, the seeds are so small that uh, as they spread and go wherever they go, they don't do the ground very well, but they do do the tree very well. And then they grow um, uh, the roots down. They're hanging from the actual branches. Now, as they harden up, the roots look like they're branches and mini trees, but they're not. They're actually the roots. Here's what it looks like. This is in Legoland, Florida, for all you Lego people. All right? This is what you're going to go see when you go to Legoland. I'm kidding. I don't know if you have to go to the sightseeing part. But these are the, brand, these are the roots hanging down. There are different ways to um, uh, draw nourishment. And I always thought, okay, the roots have to be in the ground. But when I saw this tree, oh my goodness. And I, I, I was mesmerized when I saw them as we were walking through them uh, in St. Petersburg. Um, beautiful, beautiful trees. But they're the only trees I know of that have the roots also hanging and taken from the air. Never heard of that. So, just be, how, many, how, how many have ever heard of this tree before? I figured you would. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of you have not. But this is a reminder of something important. If this is new to you, and even if it's not new to you, this will make sense. Just because you've drawn your nourishment from a certain way for so long doesn't mean that God can't come and begin to nourish you from another way or a person or something you didn't see coming. He can choose to open your eyes to a revelation of his goodness that you just didn't see coming from something totally different. That's why this was kind of cool because I'd never heard of it. Wow, neat. New thing, new information. Be ready for new information. Be ready to be teachable. Trusting the roots in the bottom are rooted in Christ. He is big enough to be your discernment. Even to do your own course correction. Let's see you go off on a tangent and a really weird thought of who God could be and people are saying, yeah, it's pretty scary. He is big enough to bring you back and correct that 
as it needs correcting. And those who think that person is strange, be patient with them. God's in the business of doing the journey with them. You're not the Holy Spirit. Be careful not to try and play that role. Love, encourage, gentle redirect. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk, or lead your life, in him. Having been firmly rooted, and now being built up in him, and established in, or by your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. By your faith. Now, where did your faith come from? Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not, I live by faith in the Son of God. That's an incorrect translation. It shows you the onus. It shows you the source, the roots, the nourishment, the vine being the nourishment, being the faith to you. And when that faith is revealed, you believe it. You go, wow, I believe this. That was Jesus giving you the ability to believe. Rejoice. Get excited about that. Give thanks. Like, thank you, God. Thanks for letting me see this because, man, I can't believe I see it. Anybody ever have that? Yeah. Another translation from the mirror. Your daily walk is no different from that initial embrace when you first understood your divine association in him. As you've received Christ, so walk in him. Your daily walk is no different from that initial embrace. From the moment you believed... That gift of belief, the simplicity, that has not changed. Don't complicate it. Don't fight over complications. When in doubt, go back to your initial faith. Jesus, I believe in you. I remember, I've told you this before, a friend of mine went through a brutal crisis and just wanted to give up all faith. And he said, fine, I give it all up. And then he stopped and said, nope. I'll give all that stuff up, but Jesus, that's all I got. I, I believe in Jesus. I got to go back to the only thing I know, and I know Jesus. That's it. I don't know about all the theology stuff. I don't know about all that church stuff. Just Jesus. That's all I've got in my crises. And that unfolding was one of the most profound journeys I've witnessed from the outside looking in. It's amazing what happens when crises hits. Crises can be a gift, a major gift. Just like the roots of a tree, draw your sustenance and strength from him. Like a building rising up out of its foundation, your life makes the full stature of Christ visible. Standing tall in his shoes, firm in your faith posture. The language of gratitude that overflows from your lips reflects the exact impression of what you were taught. Your lips reflect what you believe. Your actions reflect what you believe at any given moment. Okay? Even your words sometimes can be what you're believing at the moment. That's why we need our minds renewed because sometimes we can forget powerful truth. Everybody lives their lives according to what they believe about who God is. Everybody does. Every single human. Either you believe he doesn't exist, you act like it, you walk like it. Either you believe he's distant and is a far-off deity and has to be appeased, you will act like it. You believe he's in you and has completely given you a new life, you'll start to act like it the more you believe it. 
When you forget, our behaviors change. That's why I think our mind renewal is the key to behavioral change. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, the real you, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted, can you see the theme? Rooted and established in love, okay, that's big. You're established in love. Some of us don't know that. Yes, we know God loves us, but do you know you're established, rooted in love? You have the nourishment of love flowing in and through you by the person of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ and God the Father, the Trinity, all working together. You're rooted in love. You're not absent from it. Even when darkness hits, you're not absent from it, even though you may not be able to see it at that moment. May have, oops. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep the love is of Christ. That's why we do communion. To be reminded of how wide, how far, how high, how deep his love is. That he loved the world so much that he went and did this work. That's love. And he won. Love won. It's a powerful image. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? This is talking about tongues, speaking in other languages. We don't talk about that here too much. Um, open to hear more and learn more. But this, he's addressing the issue of speaking in tongues. So how, 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 if you just do this, speaking in tongues, how is anybody else going to go amen and, and praise God with you if they can't understand your word you're saying? And yet, I've been in enough services where people are doing that, and they're saying amen to all the tongue stuff, and I'm guaranteeing they have no clue what's being said. They're just saying amen. Amen. Oh, yeah, boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. You have no clue what the heck they're saying. What do you mean, amen? Really, really, really. I'm sorry. I, I, I want to... With the mind, understand the words. And Paul is saying, hey, then use the language of the people you're with so they can thank God with you. When you have good things happen, you share them. You do. When there's a celebration, you announce it. When there's a new birth, you announce it. It's all this stuff happens. Because you're celebrating, you're sharing the good news. And the other hand... When crisis hits, we tend in North America and Canada to not talk about it too much. We don't want to draw attention to ourselves. And yet, there is a way, and you have to find your way, of gently sharing it. Not broadcast, broadcasting it so every time you get together with people, you're the complainer, and all you talk about is your problems, and you don't hear a single thing anybody else is saying. Stop that. Instead, Find through relational avenues ways to share, I am hurting. 
and the people will come and pray with you. And when other people are hurting, you go pray with them. And when they celebrate, you celebrate with them and we celebrate with each other. Thanksgiving. Sometimes we've had people stand up and share, Here, what, here's what I'm thankful for. You know, We won't have time for that today. We don't usually do it, so it would be pretty unprepared. And then some people speak because they're just like, oh, I'll just say something because I can speak. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's why it's hard to do this. <laughs> I want authenticity. I think we can show it well through our relationships with one another. Knowing we're rooted and the roots of thanksgiving come from Christ. And when you're having a bad day, a bad spell, a bad season, a crisis hits, this is when we need to look at where our nourishment comes from. He might show you another place he's going to give you nourishment. New revelation of vines hanging down from someplace. Go, what? Where'd those come from? God knows how to take care of you. And if you look back in hindsight, most of us can say, hmm, there's a pattern of trustworthiness here. But in the heat of it, we have fear. Oh no, is God going to pull through? Is he going to take care of that person? What if this happens? What if that happens? Oh no, what if, what if that and that and that happens? Because then this will happen over here, and if that happens, then that will happen over there. Do you see the problem? Fantasy thinking. How about rest? Thank Jesus. Thank him that you are rooted in him, and he is in you. And let that melt your mind and your heart and give thanks. A thankful person can't complain and gripe as a pattern of life. And we know those people, don't we? <laughs> yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things, two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all the believers who will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift too. This gift too wonderful for words. We are a giving people. We just don't always know it. And Paul's talking about helping people in Jerusalem. They were really in crisis. They had a, disa a disaster hit them. And by giving, he's reminding them Look, not only are your hearts going to be encouraged, their hearts are going to be encouraged. They will thank God. You're speaking to their mindset, reminding them how to think God's thoughts by your gift. Can you see that? Sometimes we wonder about giving. You say, why, why do we bother giving to those things? Because they're going to be encouraged. It's a beautiful thing. Generosity is a fruit of thanksgiving. It's all part of the same thing, which is part of the nature of Christ, giving. 
giving thanks. He broke the bread and gave thanks. Next time you're breaking bread with your family, whatever, give thanks. You don't have to make a big show of it. Just quietly in your head say, thanks, God, this is cool. Thanks for this provision you've given me for all that we have in this rich country. We do. Yes, we have poor people, but we're rich. It's a powerful thing. Don't forget your true source, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh, um, yeah. Heavenly Father, please be a reminder when things get tough. Be our peace when we can't feel you. And Father, I pray you direct other believers to become ambassadors of grace and peace to those who are hurting. Use us so that through us, they may be encouraged and give thanks to you as well. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, the love of God is good. I know we talk about it often here. That's why I talked about the roots today. Where are your roots? Because if you think your roots are in other places, well, it affects you. Because sometimes we can put feelers out into areas that will begin to poison us begins to affect us, affect our mind. Stop drawing nourishment from that. Draw nourishment from Christ in you and walk the life you've been destined to walk so he can do the things through you he wants you to do, to love the people around you he wants you to love. That's what Thanksgiving is for. Thanks so much for coming.